You're listening to devpath.fm, the podcast about career development for software engineers. Join the conversation at www.devpath.fm or on Twitter at devpathfm. Hey, everybody. Today, I'm talking with Aaron Fox. Aaron, do you just want to say hello and let us know what it is you do? Yeah. Um, hi, <laughs> I'm Aaron. I'm a software engineer at Major League Soccer. I'm on the mobile UI team where we built a brand new React Native app. So I've been doing that for the past uh, year or so. Cool. Uh, Aaron, if you had to pick one thing in your day job that you thought was the most exciting or the most fun, what would that be? Um. We use a lot of cool technologies at MLS, so I think something that gets me really excited is a a new sprint day Um, because we have so many different types of tickets. We use Jira uh, for some management, and it's always fun to pick a brand new ticket that I have no idea how to do, um, Mm -hmm. which I think is super exciting. Like I could pick a GraphQL ticket. I could pick an animation ticket. Uh, there's just so many different options. And in the beginning of the sprint, I get really excited because that's something new I'm going to learn. I'm going to focus on. Um, so that's probably when I get the most excited um, mm-hmm. to get started. That's awesome. I think that's actually something that a lot of people fear when they first start is the idea that you're going to be working on projects that you've never seen before. So I think a lot of people will pick up a project or a ticket or whatever, and they will see something like GraphQL and they'll panic because they've never seen it before. So it's a really healthy and good mentality to, to be excited about learning those things rather than being afraid of uh, not knowing what you're going to be working on. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I kind of have a mentality of, I don't know much, so might as well just try this ticket and see what happens. Uh, we have a really great team, a really supportive um, learning environment too. So um, I'm mm-hmm. very fortunate to be able to be like, ah, I want this ticket. And um, to be able to ask a lot of questions too, is just mm-hmm. really nice to have. How did you uh, get started in development? Yeah, I kind of have a, it's a story. <laughs> uh, so way back when uh, I'm originally from California. So right after I graduated my undergrad, I got a job at a little startup in San Francisco and I did their user operations. I got to pick my own title. So I called myself the head of user operations, um, which is basically customer service for people um, that were using the site. And we had a bug where uh, they would accidentally sign up for two accounts. So I was working with engineers there and they showed me how to go in the terminal and destroy users. And I thought it was like the coolest thing ever to be able to delete everything with one line. Um, Mm -hmm. But I always thought you had to have a CS degree or some type of a lot of experience to become an engineer. So I'm going to put that on the back burner. Um, on a whim, I got to get my master's in communications in Hawaii. So I did that for a while, decided to move the complete opposite of that, which is New York. Uh, I know mm-hmm. people find it uh, that it's a very bratty move of mine to like move from paradise to the complete opposite and it's cold here um, and all that stuff. But Besides the point, um, worked for a startup here in New York. Uh, unfortunately for them, they gave a very large education fund. So I started taking some CSS, HTML courses on the side just for fun. Um, and then I was hooked. Like I immediately was like, I want to do this. And I learned about boot camps. I had no idea about those. So uh, about 
four months after I learned about that, I quit my job there and uh, did the web development immersive for three times for four for full three times um, f- for three months. And mm-hmm. about two months after that, um, I met my team lead at a meetup um, and got hired at Major League Soccer. And now I've been about a year and a half there, um, and it's been like such an amazing experience and. It's like the whole past year and a half has been completely life changing, um, mm-hmm. and it's happened so fast. And um, it all started out with destroying users in the terminal, which is mm-hmm. um, I still wish I could do that today. But <laughs> yeah, what uh, what led you to do those first like HTML and CSS courses that you did? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Um, I guess like, were you were you interested in computers growing up, or is it just something that has developed as you like in your early career? I've always been very interested in, in, in technical things. Um, I think I just finally was like, okay, how does this work? Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of know what's going on behind the scenes. And so um, I guess none of the other courses <laughs> kind of jumped out at me except for, for computer ones. So just mm-hmm. went on those. Cool. That's awesome. Um, so at this point or at any, any point leading up to today, have you, have you dealt with imposter syndrome? Yeah. Um, all the time. I, I get it a lot, but I mostly get it when I'm working on side projects. I'm like the worst at figuring out how to work on side projects. Um, mm. It's like, I know the code base pretty well at work, but when I want to try like a new thing or a new tutorial, it's like that little devil on your shoulder that you're like telling you in your ear, like, you don't know how to do this. Like you've only been doing this for so long or whatever. But um, I struggle with it a lot, but I've, I kind of do this little pep talk in my mind when it happens of mm-hmm. I always try and compare myself to how I was a week ago or a month ago or a year ago. And it's, it's really like really good for me to do it this way because I'm like, Oh yeah, a year ago I had no idea what react was or a year ago I had no idea what GraphQL was. And now it's now my imposter syndrome comes from, I'm not exactly sure how to write this resolver. And I know what a resolver is and I know how GraphQL works a bit. Um, So it's just, it's kind of like a never ending cycle, but I like to compare myself to who I once was in the past and that helps me cope with it a lot. Do you see uh, a lot of your progress as a developer come from mentorship or from time you spend like studying on your own? Um, I think it's a combination. I usually spend some time on my own, like trying to figure out things. I usually set a time limit of depending how big the issue or problem is. Um, if I can't figure it out, I have a lot of great mentors and different things that I've randomly met on Twitter or in my, who used to work with me. But um, I don't know, it's kind of a mixture of being able to reach out to people or just kind of need to figure things out my own, but they help a ton. I know there's you have bad days and you have good days and the bad days are the days when you really need those people for support and they act they really really help um, kind of like lift you up and be like no you are a software engineer you're awesome mm-hmm. you know so it's good to have yeah so you mentioned meeting your your team lead what is your what does your team at work look like what's like the, the team size the dynamic how 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 has that been yeah so when I first got hired they were building out the whole team brand new from the start. So they hired three mm-hmm. juniors straight out of boot camps. We had a team lead um, and a team architect. And uh, it was just amazing. It was such a great experience. Uh, we pair programmed a lot. I was able to ask any questions 
Um, it was just a really great environment, especially for juniors coming in. I had a week of React experience before, and here I got hired to build a React Native app. So um, it was petrifying, but also super exciting. Um, but our team is pretty small. Um, our team recently changed a lot, but it, we have kept the same values um, mm-hmm. along with it. But it's it's a good good little setup we got going. Do you think starting with other like uh, similarly educated junior engineers really helped, or was that something that made it harder for you to get attention? Uh, I it was great. Um, yeah, if we, we all were at the same level, and so um, there was no silly question because we all had the same mm-hmm. silly questions in a way. So it was just a lot more comforting and less less stressful for me, at least, um, to be able to have people on the same level that uh, skill wise as I was. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually something I, I touch on a lot um, that I, I personally, I, I do think there's probably such a thing as a stupid question, but I also think it's really important to ask those questions. Um, like one thing that I try to do uh, in, in public settings, especially in front of others, is ask stupid questions, even if I know the answer, because I want to make it one obvious that it's okay to ask those questions. And two, I want to answer those questions in case someone is just afraid to ask. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Sometimes uh, when we're pairing, we w- we have too many questions that it gets a little out of hand. So we started doing these teachable moments where we kind of stop and drop everything that we're doing and we go to a, a breakout room or a whiteboard and we just like kind of just word vomit all the questions that we're having um, and have someone's there to answer them. So we don't have to say it. We're an open office. So sometimes I would get a little nervous to like ask a question in front of someone. So to be able to mm-hmm. that to be able to be in that like, confined, safe space um, was really nice. So do you think that asking questions is something that has helped you to grow or is it something that you kind of avoid doing as a general rule of thumb? I think in the beginning I avoided it a lot because, mm-hmm. I don't know, I think there's this notion of if you ask a lot of questions, you don't know what you're doing or you're not as skilled but yeah, I don't really care anymore. Like that's how I learn is I ask a ton of questions and yeah, I think it just, there was some point, I don't know exactly, but it was like, I need to get my job done and I need these questions answered. So I'm going to ask what I need to ask. Yeah. I think a lot of people have that moment where they go from being afraid to ask questions to realizing that that's how you actually do this job. And people who are really good at it are the ones who ask the right questions. Yeah, absolutely. So you you kind of have to get over that fear of, of asking a question. Mm-hmm. And also, there's also different types of like characteristics of engineers. Like we have our mm-hmm. back-end team and our front-end team. And I feel like back-end kind of has this um, persona about them that they're just like hacking away in the dark in the middle of the night or something like that. And there's a certain type of programmer there. And they're like, they're scary to me. Like I, I was... I was very scared to ask them questions or um, they were just, I felt like they were too busy to talk with me. Um, but I got over it because I, I want to learn. And as you mentioned, like it's, it really helps you become a better programmer to just kind of, okay, I'm going to ask a question anyways. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to learn. <laughs> yeah. I think that's really funny because I'm, I'm mostly a backend developer. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I hope I don't come across as like scary or too busy. Um, oh, no, I'm actually, sure you're not. 
Well, actually, I think in a lot of cases, and this might speak a little bit to the imposter syndrome thing um, for me and for a lot of, I think, backend developers looking especially at JavaScript is really intimidating. So a lot of backend developers like will you'll hear it from like grumpy developers a lot, how they hate JavaScript and think JavaScript is awful. I think the reality is more likely that JavaScript is a really big ecosystem with a lot of opinions. And so it's kind of scary to be someone who doesn't work with JavaScript every single day to jump into a world where there's like 800 different ways to do something and everyone thinks their way is right. Yeah. So I I think maybe backend developers are, are more afraid of you than you think. That's funny. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. It was probably very true. Yeah, it's definitely one of those those things. I think imposter syndrome, what it really boils down to is um, people people think that they, they assume that others have the knowledge they have uh, plus their own knowledge. So mm-hmm. you, you might assume that a backend developer could do your job. So they must be a better developer than you. But in reality... Um, you probably couldn't do their job and they probably couldn't do your job. Um, you know, given enough time, you could probably either, either of you could probably figure out how to do the other one's job. But mm-hmm. a lot of times we think uh, this guy must know everything I know, plus all these things I don't know. And, and I, so I'm not as good of a developer as that person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's such a fair point. And I can't count how many times on my hands where, I ask someone to pair with me that's a lead or, or a senior or an architect. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, they probably know how to do this right away. Um, but we end up like pairing and they're like, hmm, I don't know how to do this, but we'll do it together. And I, I remember the first like couple months on the job, I was like, what? I was like, I thought you guys knew how to do everything. <laughs> like, I can't believe that that we're on the same level right now of like me not, not, not knowing how to do it and you not knowing how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was comforting. But that, that's, yeah, great, great point. Yeah, I feel like the difference is uh, maybe that someone who is more experienced has, they know where to start when they don't know what to do. Um, And they know, they may have seen a similar problem before, so they have an idea, they have a hunch, but ultimately they don't know any better than you do. Um, They just sometimes get to that that solution a little faster because they have Mm -hmm. kind of a springboard of, of their experience. Yeah, absolutely. So um, one question I like to ask that isn't super fun to answer, but uh, I like to ask it anyways, is what's, what is something that you're, you consider yourself to be bad at or something that you could improve on? Yes, I'm so bad at reading um, errors. Mm-hmm. Like, like when I get the red screen of death, I, mm-hmm. like, I just immediately freak out and don't want to look at it. Um, I, I, there's been so many times where I've been asking for help on them and they're like, well, did you read it? And I was like, uh, kind of. And then they'll come up and be like, well, it says this. And it's like, oh, okay. (laughs) Um, So that's always been like a thing that I'm so bad at and I've been working on it. Um, Like the other day I was having an issue, the red screen of death, where it said double string. And I was like, oh, there's two strings happening. Um, Something like that. But I didn't know that double just meant really long number. So it's like, Things like that where it's like I need to like actually research my my errors that I'm getting, um, mm-hmm. which, which I spend way too long, uh, way too long on. But another thing that I'm really bad at is um, side projects. I feel like I never really set aside time to work on one. So that's actually my 
one of the things I really want to work on next year is uh, just like picking a side project and actually doing it. Cause the past year and a half, I've been really like just full in, in, in work and the code and trying to learn that. But now I'm like, okay, now I'm ready. I like I need a side project. Mm-hmm. Um, so to work on stuff, uh, maybe like learn a new language, um, kind of just explore other, other things out there that I just haven't done yet, which is, I feel bad <laughs> that I haven't. Yeah. Well, you, you know, it's kind of weird that I, I bring up, I have uh, a few friends that, want to, to break into the, the software development industry and have asked questions about it. And one of the things that I, I tend to warn people about is with a lot of jobs and a lot of professions, you can do something from nine to five and go home and be like a different person. Um, and you can kind of compartmentalize your career versus your life. Um, with with software development, I don't feel like that's as true. I know you can accomplish that and, and a lot of people do. Um, and it's something that we talk about a lot in our culture, like the work-life balance. But uh, I think there is kind of an expectation that as a engineer or a programmer, you're a nerd and you're going to go home and do this on your free time. Uh, and that's a little bit scary. Uh, like you said, you kind of have this expectation of yourself to do side projects. Um, it's kind of scary that you're like, oh, I don't do enough at work. I have to go home and do more. <laughs> I know I, that is bad, huh? <laughs> well, I totally appreciate that like there are so many benefits from doing side projects and and um I had the opportunity I was lucky enough that my my employer is kind of letting me jump uh into this open source project and join the core team on it and learn a ton. Um mm-hmm. but it would be really terrible if I felt like I had to do that and work, you know, 40 yeah. or 50 hours a week. Um that would be something that for me, it would actually be a deterrent from being a software engineer if I was an outsider. Hmm. That's a really good point. Um, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like there's a lot more pressure for me to want to learn more and do more because I'm still like revving it up uh, only a year mm-hmm. and a half into this. And there's like, I feel like I'm just very overwhelmed by how yeah. much stuff is out there. Um, I feel like every day I go to work, there's like a new word or a new term or a new acronym that I have no idea what it is. So maybe, I, I don't know. That's a great point. Like maybe I'll, I, I'm sure I'll get over the fact that I'm like, I need to do side projects and, and stuff like that. But I don't know. I'm just like very overwhelmed by all the stuff, but like overwhelmed in a good way. Yeah. Um, and like with side projects, I mean like I need to update my prof, my, my portfolio. Uh, haven't yeah. done that since I got this job and I've been working on a website for my, my parents farm that, has not gotten very far. Um, but it's little, little things like that, that I haven't really spent too much time on. Yeah. Well, and it's not to downplay like the value of side projects. Like I said, in, in open source, I've learned just a ton and, um, it's, it's been worth doing. I just think it's a really interesting thing because you're not alone. Like I feel the same way, um, that there is this anxiety and pressure to do things outside of work, uh, to be better at your job or you know, maybe just to seek some kind of fulfillment beyond your job. But yeah. it, it's, it's yeah. something I think all, all software developers deal with. Um, yeah. But it See, is but I, interesting. <laughs> I don't know. I have, I have that like pressure to want to do stuff and I'm not really doing it right now. But mm-hmm. then it's like that I have the imposter syndrome on me of like, you don't really know <laughs> how to do this. So it's like, just don't do it. So it's like this very conflicting thing that's happening. And then by the end of the day, I'm just like, Ooh, I'm tired. Okay. I'll, I'll start my project this weekend and yeah. we'll see how that goes. <laughs> well, and it also, there's something to be said for 
when you start to work with the uh, like the open source community or like just your side projects or whatever, as soon as you open your code up to other people, you're going to learn a lot more just because you know other people are going to have opinions on what you're doing. But you're also going to realize that a lot of other developers are just like you, where they you know they may be ten years into their career and they they still aren't doing side projects because they feel the same way. Interesting. Yeah, I I believe every every bit of that. Yeah, it's, it's it's the same thing like you said earlier when you're pairing with someone who's like elite or really, really good and you realize that they're struggling with the same problem you would have struggled with. Yeah, that's very comforting to hear. I got to tell you, <laughs> it's really great to hear. <laughs> so I, I want to ask you, um, what is what's something you feel like you repeat a lot to other developers or maybe some advice you've heard pretty frequently? Ooh, some advice. I guess... Well, I've, I've done a couple of talks um, mm-hmm. the past year or so, um, and mostly the people that come up to me the most are recent boot camp grads or mm-hmm. uh, people looking for uh, their first job in the industry. And they're like, do you have any advice for me? And I think my number one advice is like, go to meetups and meet people. I remember like my first meetup I ever went to, I was so nervous. I I think I even paid for it. I think it was one where I paid like $10 to go because then I, I knew I would go if I paid mm-hmm. money for it. <laughs> and so I went to that and I remember I didn't talk to anyone. And then after I was like so upset, I was like, nobody talked to me. Like <laughs> I thought that these meetups people are supposed to like come up to you and talk to you, but it was like my problem, my issue of not going up and talking to them. Um, so it took me a while to like warm up to the idea of meetups, but that's how I got my job. Uh, I met my former team lead at a meetup and that's how I got my job. And that's how I got to speak um, at a lot of uh, meetups or conferences is also on Twitter. I always tell people, get on Twitter. I see people hiring all the time. Um, mm-hmm. People, there's such a great community where you can ask for help. Like I've pair program with people that I've met on Twitter and then I've met people in real life at conferences and meetups. And it's just like such a great, like place uh to like just learn <laughs> like mm-hmm. meet people that are in your industry of all different levels um it can be toxic at times but knowing when to turn it off is a really great thing um but yeah those are like the main things that i tell people is like go to meetups and meet a whole bunch of people and get on twitter and kind of use it as like a network and as like part of your career yeah um, yeah so I'm actually curious, how did you build the confidence to like, start speaking at meetups? Yeah, um, I think, well, this, I keep talking about my, the lead on our team. He wanted us, when the three of us started as juniors, he was like, I want you guys to write a blog post in three months. Maybe let's have you try and talk at a meetup in six months. And then um, let's like contribute to a couple open sources. So like he really wanted us to be like involved. And, and so that's kind of like where it started. I saw other people doing it and, um, I don't know. I actually really like public speaking. Mm -hmm. I get like a weird rush before and after, like, I feel like a celebrity after it's really (laughs) fun. And people, people come up to you and talk to you. Um, I like it a lot, which is probably very selfish of me, but, um, yeah, I guess like I just, I did one, um, at a girl development meetup here in New York. And then it kind of just like went off from there and then I got reached out on Twitter to apply for Chain React in Portland, which is such an amazing conference. Um, and that was my first talk that I gave and it was just, it was so fun. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I just, uh, I kind of like feel like I want to be a very good, well-rounded engineer. And I'm learning that you got to write documentation, you got to code, and then you got to talk about it, and then you got to teach about it. And I kind of trying to like check off all of those things when I'm yeah. learning like a, a new language or a new skill or something like that. And speaking kind of like was one of those options for me. I think it's interesting that a lot of really successful engineers or even just well-known engineers are, are those who go out and speak and share their knowledge and teach. Uh, and I think there's a pretty obvious correlation between teaching and being really good at something. So I think mm-hmm. it's interesting that you've kind of pursued that so early in your career. Um, and I think it's something that a lot of people could learn from. Yeah. And it's like, it's really how I've met a ton of my um connections on Twitter mm-hmm. or just like at conferences um, to be able to uh, just meet people and from all over the world too, that so many different people go to these conferences and it's just, it's, it's such a great experience. It's, it's a lot like giving a talk at a conference is so much energy and so much time. Um, but I think it's so worth it. Like if, if it's your thing, it's, it's, it's really fun. But if it's not like, it's not like if your thing is blog posts, like hammer down and write those blog posts. If mm-hmm. it's tweeting, if it's open source on GitHub, like that's your thing. Um, I'm just trying to figure out and try out all the things and see which one I like best. And, yeah. and that one kind of stuck. What's your advice to people who want to break into that, but are, are apprehensive or anxious about it? Um, I would say Start going to meetups, and then if you find one where you feel comfortable, uh, do one there. Like, I feel very comfortable at any uh, girl development ones. And so I gave a talk there, and then I started going to React NYC. felt very comfortable, um, have some friends in the audience, um, write a blog post about it, and then turn it into a talk, and boom. Like, it was great, semi-successful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess just kind of like find places where you already feel comfortable because um, that kind of lessens the stress and the nervousness for me, at least that's what it did. Um, and yeah, just have fun. And and my my talks aren't that technical, uh, not yet anyways. Uh, one day I hope to do a, a little more technical one, but <laughs> just pick something fun that you're genuinely interested in too. No, don't pick something crazy right off the bat. Yeah. That would be a bit much. Yeah, I think people can tell when you're interested or not in a subject if you're going to try to teach about it. Uh, yeah. So you should definitely pick something that you've spent some time thinking about. Yeah, I've heard some some uh, a lot of like well known speakers. They I've been told they just pick random things that they want to uh, learn about, and then if it gets picked for the conference or the meetup, it like forces them to learn it. <laughs> It's like, that's terrifying to me. Like, I like the mentality of it and the idea of it, but it's just like, oh, I don't know if I could do that quite yet. I've I've heard that about uh, writing technical books before. I think, yeah, I, I think that's actually more common than people people think. But yeah. I, I do think, if you, especially for people who are, are first starting out, like your first talk or your first blog post or whatever, you should, you should pick something that you care about. That way, it's easy to, like, get into it. So once yeah, you start yeah. going, if you care about it, you're going to keep going. Yep. Yep. So um, before we wrap up, I do want to ask, where could a listener go to learn more about Aaron Fox? Yeah, um, I'm on Twitter. I'm not <laughs> Aaron. Um, my handle's Aaron Fuchs. So like E-R-I-N-F 
O-O-X. It mm-hmm. looks like a spelling mistake, but um, yeah, it's not. Um, also, I'm on Medium. I did a couple of blog posts there. I haven't done one in a while, but hopefully over the next few weeks I could get one in. But I kind of uh, do a lot of entry-level like focused blogs. So I have mm-hmm. one like learning GraphQL um, or basic array methods. I, I always forget. So I usually, I, I even go here and look up my own blog posts when I have questions <laughs> about like reduce or map or, or something like that. So um, those are the, the main places uh, where I hang out online, I guess you could say. Thanks a ton for, for sharing your experience. Yeah. Anytime. I like it. I, I, I love this industry that I, I've, recently become a part of and yeah i can go on and on about how awesome it is but (laughs) i'll stop (laughs) well thank you very much Mm -hmm. thanks for listening to devpath.fm want to ask a question send an email to jacob at devpath.fm